0: Welcome to this week's episode of How We Get By. To be honest, it was pretty difficult for me to kind of figure out where to take uh, the show because obviously our lives have taken a bit of a, uh a bit of a, roller coaster loop, you could say um because of coronavirus at this point, it is march twenty ninth and the last time I made an episode was two weeks ago, and uh, then, in the meantime, I learned a lot about coronavirus and Yeah, So for me, it was a little bit difficult to kind of figure out the angle of getting back into conversations about mental health, mainly because I didn't really want to make anything worse for anybody. Uh, So it's a little bit difficult to kind of say, hey, let's talk about mental health when everybody's mental health is, you know... Maybe being put through a ringer, uh but after taking a week off, I decided that uh because I've listened to my own podcasts and uh I've had some artists put out some very inspiring music and videos, Facebook Live. I mean, it's been cool in that aspect. That is one great thing uh, to see in coronavirus is just how everybody really does stay together as a community and we're all in it together. So with that spirit and the things that I have learned, um, I felt that it was Best to continue to record uh even if over skype interviews uh but I was super apprehensive about it anyway um as with all things in life, there is just such a, a an inspiration that can come from the simple task of having a conversation with somebody else uh so this week I had a Skype interview with a good friend of mine, Rachel, and I've known her for a few years. She is an artist, a musician, playwright, a, a lot of really, really cool things and she uh, will talk about them today, but I believe that her perspective uh, really just truly opened up my eyes and into seeing uh, things in a different light. And I hope that they do that for you as well. So, that's all I have for now. Enjoy the show. Ah, oops, one last thing. I am currently getting used to recording the audio uh, remotely. So, I do apologize if sound quality isn't the best um, but if you will hang tight with me through it I do think that she has some very valuable things to say. Okay here we go. I'm here in a Skype interview with my friend Rachel and she was uh, great enough to sit down and speak with me about some of the things that are going on in her life. So to get it started do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself
1: uh, Rachel. Oh, sure. Hello, everyone who's listening. Um, Monica, thanks for having me on the show. First off, um, this is really uh, exciting. I don't really know how to talk about myself a lot. <laughs> this is probably the place where I get a little bit like, hmm, okay, well, there's maybe a lot of things that I, I could say. Um, I'm a musician. I'm also uh, involved in theater. I uh, write plays and direct. I'm a visual artist. Yeah. I don't know. Art is just a big part of my life. So that, that's Yeah. That's cool. And so do you
0: find that well, okay, so I'm gonna ask Ben, do you have any like mental health struggles or like anything? It doesn't even have to be a struggle, but like what things that you've like just dealt with in your life that you'd wanna share?
1: Well, <laughs> there's a lot of things. Um what we were just talking about before we started the interview. I used to have a lot of problems when I was a teenager and I I sort of had undiagnosed ADHD to a point where I, I really couldn't focus on anything and that also had a lot to do with some troubles I was having at home, you know, which caused me to to sort of have this inability to be in one place at one time. It was sort of my my way of just avoiding everything and um, when I, actually my mother, she gave me a yoga book uh, from the 70s, Uh, you know, um, it's like the simplest yoga book, you know, very retro, black and white pictures with a very like retro chic 70s lady doing yoga, uh, probably like one of the first like Western yoga books, yes, exactly, I still haven't. Yeah, it's actually called the 28-Day Yoga Exercise Book, and it, it really must have been like, you know, for women that were at home and kind of, you know, trying to find themselves and, you know, it was just kind of the, when all of the feminist revolution stuff was starting in the 70s, so. Absolutely,
0: that's so cool. Um,
1: so this was really neat to get as a teenager and be like, wow, what is this strange world? Uh-huh. And, <laughs> So the physical things were sort of secondary to me in yoga because um, the thing that I gravitated towards was the meditation more than all of the physical postures. I should say, when I was a teenager, I was a gymnast too, so I was already very athletic, and so that wasn't really something that I needed to work on. Um, And then in the back of the book, there was a candle meditation where you just light a candle, focus on it, focus on the breath, and this is where I found my revolution, you know, was just in being present and breathing and not feeling like I needed to be anywhere else.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's valuable to learn, like, as a teenager. In case that was hard for you to hear, I said, wow, that's valuable to learn as a teenager.
1: I think it saved me. It <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Um, things. It definitely allowed me to see some of my paths more clearly, uh, and and to be very bold, uh, and just to have faith whenever I was pursuing something or whenever I, I I felt that I needed to do something. I just I just had a, a really good certainty that I built up through meditation.
0: That's awesome. So, okay, so when you meditate, like, every day, like, what, like, how
1: long, usually? Well, it depends, and it's
0: not that's always... How, that's how it feels, because it's so weird. When you start, like, meditating, like, then it's, like, everything comes down to, like, the minute, but then once you're, like, used to meditating, like, I don't really do it for, like, 20 minutes. Like, it's kind of just happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think there's any right way or, like... Right amount of time, you know. You just kind of, what am I feeling? To, what do I need today? Do I need this for an hour? Do I need it for ten minutes? What kind of time do I have, you know? And you kind of just adapt it to whatever is available. I I can't say that I meditate every single day. I really do try to, but there are some days where I'm just like, I don't want to, and I'm yeah. not going to. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: but so when- how do you get into a meditative state, like? Like, do you use a mantra, or do you, like, just focus on
1: your breathing? Like, what does it kind of look like? Well, sometimes I put on Tibetan meditation soundtracks. Uh, As a musician, sometimes it's really easier for me to, to enter into that world through sound, which that's not how I started off meditating at all. But as I've grown to be more involved in music, that seems to be something that I can relate to more, and, and puts me in maybe a different mind frame, and then other times I just sit in silence, and just focus on my breath, other times I use a mantra, how can you find, like, the Tibetan music, like, is that online? Oh, yeah, you can, um, actually, I <laughs> just, I just, you know, I use it through either Spotify or, um. On my, I have one of the little echo dot things you can find playlists on there. You just say, like, wait, I'll do it for you. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it on the podcast. Alexa, can you play Tibetan meditation music? Sorry, something went wrong. Did you just hear mine
0: just did it? Yeah. Mine's like, I'm sorry, I
1: didn't hear that. Well, Um, my... Mine started playing. I don't know if you can hear it through the sound. That's awesome. That's hysterical. Alexa, stop the music. <laughs> um. Yeah,
0: that was really funny. <laughs> like, I was actually thinking the other day in my head. I'm like, what if there's, like, a chain throughout the entire United States where one person said Alexa, but we are all, like, on video chat and just, like, everybody's Alexa. Just, like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I, this is what quarantine does to you. You're, like, <laughs> like these weird, like, thoughts. Oh, my. But, um.
1: Yeah. That's a really great thought. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny because I wrote a play. I wrote a play about my Alexa. Um, but I called her Arcadia and I, I made it into a, a whole other thing where, um, you know, she's sort of this robot and, and she's mocking her human. Uh, and that, that was when I got really inspired because sometimes she says really bizarre things. Like sometimes Alexa talks and I'm not even, I'm not provoking her or whatever. Sometimes she just comes up with things and I get really freaked out.
0: Me too, Me too. <laughs> I am with you girl. I feel that. yeah same and like I and then especially this week with everything going on that happened like one time I'm like okay what are you trying to tell me (laughs) just stop like go away but um so I definitely feel you on that and I wanted to ask okay so you have like a few different art forms that you really like seem to you know what kinds So you have like you sing
1: you play music you play guitar right Mm-hmm. And then you write for your play, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I, I used to do acting more, um, but because I have a chronic illness, it's been really hard for me to be on stage as an actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the cool things that came out of me having a chronic illness was discovering that I could write plays oh. and that I could direct them and that I could have this other life, even though I wasn't. I'm not really able to have a stage life now because of my illness, but, um, which it's a neurological, um, illness. It's, it's, uh, called CRPS. And, uh, yeah, I, I, at first it was very detrimental to me, but I started to have really grand discoveries from it about things that I would have never pursued otherwise, you know?
0: Yeah. So do you want to like, Tell
1: us a little bit about that. Like, what have you, like, what are some of the things that you discovered? Well, definitely that, like, playwriting. Um, that, that was a huge eye-opener for me. I I didn't really know anything about that. Uh, even being involved as an actress, you're sort of, you're not really in that world. You're just more like, okay, you take a script and you interpret it, you know. Yeah. Um, but when I discovered, you know, that I had some sort of knack, for creating these theatrical worlds, I, um, I was, I felt really blessed, I felt really amazed, it's not something I ever knew I had in me, um, yeah. and yeah. I like, do if you would have, like,
0: taken the time to maybe discover that, had, like, you not had the film, which is unfortunate, but it's just, like, making, like, it's, like, the good
1: things that come from the bad things, I guess. Exactly, which is, you know, I've had this illness for five years now, um, and it, it changed my whole way of living, um, which is why I'm so prepared for quarantine, because my, my reality didn't necessarily change all that much. Um, you know, I've, I've always sort of been more homebound since I've, I've had this illness, and I've had to do a lot of things uh, to adjust to that and, and to not being able to be very physical, yeah. So, um, for me, this just feels like, okay, I can't see my friends. That's so sad to, to me. Uh, but I can still see them on Skype, and I can still, you know, have conversations. And I always tried to focus on what I could do and, and not what I couldn't when I got diagnosed. Yeah. So, that was, that was always my, um, my way of trying to handle things. I thought, okay, I, I can't walk. Which I couldn't walk for several years, which was really hard on me. But um, I thought, okay, what can I still do? I could still do floor yoga in bed. You know, I can still read books. I can watch all the movies I always wanted to see. I can. I just I just started making that list bigger and bigger. And then you wrote a play. Yeah, two actually. Last year <laughs> I wrote. <two. laughs> So,
0: yeah, I guess it's getting bigger and bigger. And from what I understand, it was like it
1: was performed, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, it was actually an international collaboration. Well, one of them was one, The Singularity, was an international collaboration um, with my friend in Mexico. And it was a musical. And so we wrote the music together. And I wrote the script for the play. And um, he came from Mexico to perform it. And it premiered at the Scranton Fringe Festival last year. So. Uh-huh. That that was a big thing for us. Um, that was a really really exciting collaboration. That's so cool. And I so I'm, I want to ask
0: um, like what was the like first step that you took like when it came to like writing this play because like you or like any play like that because you said you never thought you would so like what was that first like initial like I'm gonna write a play like. <laughs> that was a mouthful. And obviously my phone speaker is not great. So I asked Rachel what was the first step that she decided to take in order to achieve writing a play? What made her actually like take the first initial step? And then I do a little laugh like, <laughs> like I don't know why I did that. But if you missed it, All right, now you're caught up.
1: Well, I have to say, um, so one of my friends brought me to a writer's group um, at the Diva Theater, Diva Theater in in North Scranton. I was just going to go, you know, because I'm an actress, I was like, well, I'm just going to go and listen. I'm like, I wasn't really planning on writing anything. I never thought about it. I just, you know, I I thought, okay, I'm just going to go and maybe, like, there'll be a role I can read or something. I wasn't thinking of myself as a playwright then. And then through going to those meetings just once a month, this was, you know, in 2018, I started doing that. It was really an eye-opener for me. I, I started to just get all these ideas At the time, obviously, I was working more on music, so I I wasn't really even thinking either, you know, in terms of all that. And some things with my music weren't going exactly as I wanted to, and when I started shifting more into theater, everything kind of started to make more sense to me, even in my music life, which is why that play became a musical, too, because it was a way to combine different aspects of myself and fuse them into something like... You know, really new and kind of a different vibe. Wow. Um, That's yeah. pretty amazing. Oh, well, I I think it's amazing too, and, and I don't really feel responsible for it. I kind of feel like it, like somebody just gave that to me. You know, it's like my friend uh, taking me to the diva dramatist group, and you know. And then meeting my collaborator in Mexico, it was sort of like, I just felt like there were all these really beautiful elements that came together to create all that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I felt like that
0: at the TED Talk, right? That was, like, kind of, like, my, because I gave the talk, but then it was, like, all the other talks I felt like were personally speaking to me. You know, like, I had such, um, like, anxiety about sharing that, so, like, it was, I don't know, it just, like, all came together, like, it just, the night before, I couldn't remember my talk, and I was freaking out, Jess just would be like, you're gonna get up there, and it's gonna be fine, you know, and I did, so it's weird how when you're, like, able, like, when you need to, it kind of comes out, and then, like, those are the times where I kind of feel like, I'm like, okay, like, some of this chose me, I don't know, like, and I think that's where, like, imposter syndrome kind of comes in in some ways, because you're, like. I didn't do anything. It just came into my head. But it is really, really cool that you, like, that was able to come to you. I'm just going to be honest, guys. I have no idea what I just said to Rachel. So if you can figure that out, <laughs> you can let me know.
1: Oh, and for you, too, because I was at your TED Talk, and I, it was so inspiring. And it, it moved me to a point where I I, I was in tears. I just wanted <laughs> to come up and hug you. I Yeah, Yeah,
0: that was such an intense day. It
1: really was. Like, I'm really, um, I'm glad that you were able to share that. So, I wanted to ask you
0: like a few things. I wanted to ask you like what it was, if you don't mind sharing, what maybe it felt like when you were diagnosed and you knew that it was going to be a chronic illness. I asked Rachel how she felt when she realized uh, that she was diagnosed with something that was going to be a chronic problem
1: well it was weird I I was living in Greece at the time I wasn't even living in the US and uh, I got an injury that seemed like it was a normal injury you know I hurt my ankle I was kind of bad because I walked on it for two weeks without realizing that it it was um, like a severe fracture on the inside and I, I may have done some sort of damage to myself in doing that, but I had, I had been used to getting injuries, and I felt like, oh, it's nothing, you know, I'm not taking this seriously, and then once it started to hurt, after two weeks, I was like, okay, this is really serious, I need to go to the doctor, mm-hmm. um, so I finally went, and they, they didn't really tell me what was going on at first, they just told me, stay off at stay home and that, that was for several months, and it wasn't healing, it wasn't getting better. And then I had like an experimental procedure done on it, and that seemed to heal the fracture, but then I was still having all of these horrible symptoms. I, I wasn't able to, I had no mobility in that leg, like from the knee down, and I, I would get all these symptoms from what turned out to be CRPS. And uh, I had no idea what that was. Yeah. And and in Greece, they didn't even really tell me at the time. Uh, It wasn't until I came to the States on the advice of my family uh, to get a a different opinion, a different diagnosis, that um, a doctor here in the U.S. told me, oh, you have CRPS. And I said, what on earth is that? You know, And I started Googling things about it. And it's nicknamed, this is a little bit bizarre, but it's nicknamed the suicide disease because it's so painful and people can't handle the pain. And so I, I know it sounds very terrible, but a lot of people just can't live that way. And so that's why it ends up being called the suicide disease because a lot of people end their own lives when they get this. Oh my lord, whoa. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Um, But if you don't focus on that, which I try not to, you know, I I was told all these things, like, hey, these are all the terrible bad things about it. And I was still like, okay, I am going to focus on what I can still do. And that's really been my saving grace the whole time. I really just started to make lists. Uh, you know about things I can still do. You know, at the time I couldn't walk, so I I made a list of very like you know stationary things that I could still do, and I wanted to share it because it's quite funny. I wanted to share it with people in quarantine because there were some really quirky, bizarre things that I came up yeah. with my list, which turned out to be really cool. So I learned how to make baskets out of newspapers. Wow. Yeah, you, you, you know, you have to roll them up and use hot glue gun and create the different pieces. But you can recycle newspapers into these really beautiful baskets, and then you can paint them. Oh, my uh, Lord, That's awesome! <laughs> um, this is what you do when you have so much free time, you know. Uh, <laughs> I watched a 12-hour movie. Yeah. It's called, it's called Out One. It's a French movie. They show it in cinemas in France once a year, and people, like, go, and uh, they watch this 12-hour movie. They have a couple intermissions, because, you know, they You're need good. to. Uh, so I, did and, you take intermissions, or did you do that at all? <laughs> I had to, yeah. It actually, it took me two days to get through the whole thing. Is I did it good? It. It's really a bizarre, interesting film. Uh, it's, it's, it's not... It's not very plot-driven. It's more, like, impressionistic. Okay. You know, it's definitely an art house film. Uh, it's very hard to follow. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> making 12 hours of, like, like
0: artistic, like, oh, my Lord. Like, I mean, I give you so much credit just for, like, getting through that. <laughs> if you guys can't hear that, it's just me making a bunch of exasperated noises in reaction to the fact that Rachel watched a 12-hour impressionalistic movie that had a hard plot to follow and me congratulating her because I think that is truly a feat to get through. And I'm laughing, but I mean that from the bottom of my heart.
1: Well, you know, I was at home. I was by myself, too. My boyfriend at the time was working. You know, I was always home alone. And so I was just, I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, I need to find things to do. Um, I wrote a ton of songs, obviously. Um, But I'm trying to think what else quirky was. Oh, I researched the entire genealogy uh, from my Italian side of the family. I wrote online. I, you know, I mean, that's what I mean. There's so many things that you can think of to do. You just really have to start getting creative, you know, when you have free time like that.
0: Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's amazing, though. Okay. So, I have to ask, like, so what brought, and I know me and you have talked about this, but, like, what brought
1: you to Greece? Like, you grew up there? No, no, no. Well, I grew up in in the U.S. I grew up in um, northeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, And then I was living in New York uh, from, like, age 17, and then I got an opportunity to go on tour as a performer to Greece Uh, when I was, yeah, 21. I was really young, sort of naive (laughs) in a lot of ways, Uh, but I I got this really interesting opportunity. um, So I used to be a gymnast when I was a kid, and then I I started doing, um, like, aerial acrobatics and and things like that uh, when... I was in New York, and uh, I got this opportunity to, to go on a, a performance tour for a like a theatrical circus. So that's really cool.
0: <laughs> it I was. Mean, maybe. Oh no, I don't know though. Like people tell me like that things that I've done are cool, and I'm like, if you knew the ins and outs, they're not that cool. So I don't know. Maybe it's not all it is cracked up to be. But
1: I I would say that it was exciting to be, you know, young and traveling like that and um, meeting new interesting people and performing every night. Like, that was very exciting. But the realities of being on in the circus industry and, like, the, the way things are done for me were very harsh. Um, and I was also, you know... <laughs> I wasn't treated very well by my boss at the time, and yeah. uh, I, I just, I had a lot of uh, really intense moments where I thought, okay, this is really great, but this is not what I want to do with my life, you know? Yeah. yeah. But the cool thing about it was that it took me to Greece... Yeah. And I realized, wow, no, this is where I want to live. This is the place I want to be. I I love this country, and uh, and so I ended up moving there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I
1: knew you were in Greece, and then you. So you had. So
0: then you came back here when you were diagnosed, and then you've been here since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so this will actually bring me to one of my interview questions. So it kind of works out well. Um, But I wanted to ask you, like, on a personal level, like, living in the two uh, cultures, like, in Greece and the U.S., in your observations, how do they treat mental health different? Like, are there different, like, is, like, it the same there? Like, do people talk
1: about it? Like, is it an issue? Well... People have begun to talk about it more I would say in Greece you have to understand that like cult- culturally uh, there are a lot of very different things but I would say that Greece has more of like a patriarchal system than the US and it has only just recently started to make more strides in equality in that way okay. uh, not that the US isn't patriarchal okay. it is but if you if you Rewind fifty years in the U.S., you're going to get the patriarchal system of Greece and what it's like. So it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that that was something that was very strange for me to to realize. Also as a woman uh, mm-hmm. living there, that the the differences in what I was used to in American, you know, society and and what was acceptable in Greek society. Mental health issues there we very much uh, <clears throat> swept under the rug a lot of times and not spoken about, especially a lot of things dealing with alcoholism. And but I would say overall that people have more of a leisurely lifestyle, which contributes to them having better mental health. So interesting. I, so I like, it's all like I mean, it's all
0: like relative like it's good bad anywhere like some things they have figured out some things we eat i guess too but like so what did you really like about that culture like what what did you love about greece
1: oh there's so many things that i love about greece well i studied theater there and music um and i studied both of those in greek which was interesting kind of studying something in, in a different language in a different inner landscape, you know, because each language has its own inner landscape and feelings, and um, I feel that there's so many ways to say things that are so much more expansive and precise in the language, and and so it's like once you enter into it, you're in this whole other sensory world, and so that for me was one thing, you know, just going into the language, and, and this other way of feeling inside of the language it's also just so incredibly beautiful in terms of you know the topography the actual landscape of the country it's really breathtaking Mm -hmm. There's, there's such like a raw natural beauty that's still preserved that we don't get to experience a lot in you know a lot of places it's um yeah, it's really hard to describe, uh, but it's it, it, a really good job. What? <laughs> I oh. think you're doing a good job of it. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I'm honestly just sitting here, like, in, I'm super impressed. First of all, like, so you know Greece, like, or Greek, <laughs>
1: like, you, like, can speak Greek. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, <laughs> I, I've always said, Well, I'm really good with languages. I studied French uh, on my own, kind of, before Greek, and it's just something I am I can get into quite easily. I don't know why that is, I just, I have an affinity with language, so... gifted.
0: I said, you're really gifted. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I do, like oh my lord like I'm just blown away really like it's like you so oh well wow. like you literally just said like, that you like I'm just doing the noise thing the exasperated noise thing in ah, uh, really learned theater in Greece like and it was so much
1: better because you did it in that language and I'm just like so blown away I'm like that's so cool well I mean I had I had done theater in the U.S. too but it, like it, as I would say as a performer it was so interesting to have to perform in another language in another culture in another way
0: yeah, that's so out of your comfort zone
1: yeah, like, I, I don't know, I think I, I, I like to be out of my comfort zone a lot of times.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, okay, so, cool, so, now, all of us are way out of our comfort zones, and you did just give us some good, like, ideas, but, like, do you have any, like, you know, true pride, like, sound advice for, like, the moments that are kind of, like, hard and lonely, and you're, like, by yourself, because, like, There are those, I'm sure. You just said that, you know, the illness that you have is pretty, like, tough and painful. So, uh, I don't know if you have anything. (laughs) I asked Rachel, basically, here, do you have any tried and true advice for being quarantined and dealing with the tough moments that come with, uh, you know being in pain and not really having an escape for it
1: uh well for me it's feeling all my feelings uh and not and not being like oh i'm not allowed to feel terrible today or i'm i'm not allowed to feel angry or i'm not allowed to feel like that's unfair you know um i i felt growing up in the u.s that that's the pace of life for me did not match me as a person, and uh, and when I went to Europe, I found a pace that was much more suited to my needs, and it kind of, it, I felt like it gave me permission to just be okay with anything, you know, whatever I was feeling, whatever I needed at the moment, i just in touch with that, um, and... So for me, it's that. And and even in songwriting, like, I, you know, in my songs, I give myself permission to just, I feel everything. Oh, I feel terrible today. This is going to be a song about feeling terrible, you know. It's a place to put those things. I think it's bad when we don't allow ourselves to be authentic like that. But I, I think one of the struggles that, you know, with being
0: quarantined is, like, we don't, you can't just, like, leave and be, like, distracted. Like, you can't just, like, and, you know, I'm sure that's something you're, you know, very well. So, it's just, um, yeah, like, it's definitely, there's been a lot of moments where, for me, I'm just bored. And, you know, I am a single person. So, like, there it's just, like, literally being here. No escape. Like sometimes. Mm-hmm it gets weird and then I also you know like got the flu and so I feel for you because it's just like when you do start to get sick you get so worried and like then you are looking at things on the internet and like it's kind of like what happened to you just like in a different way like of course I don't have like a painful chronic illness so I don't want you to think in any way I'm comparing I'm just saying like those feelings of like not knowing what's happening to your body and not being able to control it and not really being able to like just be distracted from it and then like being up in the middle of the night and I don't know it does become a lot but I think there's something to be said about like living through those feelings and not pushing them away Because I do feel like when I'm pushing them away, that causes, like, more tension in my body, like, physically. And then I start to get even more symptoms, like, then I start getting stomach, you know? And it's just, like, that's because I'm, like, reacting to my reaction. And, like, you're right that it's better to just, like, sit with it.
1: It's hard sometimes to just sit with it you know sometimes like we don't want to face that dark stuff that comes up but it ultimately yeah ultimately like if you if you just allow it you know it gets really super intense it might motivate you to make a painting or write a song or do something you know but then it eventually calms down and it feels quite beautiful that's been my experience
0: yeah I think that art is really a great outlet and what you said um, about, like, letting yourself, like, be whoever, like, in a song. Like, I'm going to write whatever I feel, and, like, sometimes I'm scared to do that, you know? Like, I write poetry, and I'm like, I don't want this out on, like, people, like, so, like, you get those, like, ugly feelings, but sometimes, like, when I get that, I'm like, okay, this is my shadow side, like, everything has a shadow, like, there's light and darkness, and, like, for me, that helps me, in my mind, imagine it in such a way that I'm like, okay, it's okay, like, I have a full spectrum of emotions and lightness and darkness, and, like, all of those things are okay, and there's, like, luckily healthy
1: ways to deal with them, so, yeah. Yeah, I it's weird because I, I, I don't know why, but I felt like the way I grew up for some reason didn't allow me to realize what I was feeling. So I was always kind of trying to cope with things. And so, so like, I got to be like really, really good at accomplishing things, you know, and like not, not really seeing the full picture. And, um, I don't know. It's just like when I when I left the U.S. Like I just felt like my whole self kind of relaxed a little bit because I wasn't really involved in any of the like um, like life pursuits in the same way. I was just I was kind of just exploring something like not necessarily on like a linear path. Yeah. It, it was kind of like I went off the path and I was yeah. like going somewhere else. <laughs> right.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: You said, like, you're used to this,
0: like, you've done, like, this kind of quarantine, and now you're seeing, like, everybody, and it's only been, like, a few weeks. So, like, is there, like, a part of you that, like, there has to be a part of you that's like, come on, guys, like...
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard because a lot of people have been messaging me about how they can't handle quarantine after, like, a week, and it can be a little bit, it can be a little triggering, honestly. It can be a little bit like, I just can't deal with you right now. It's not... Above my friends or anything but it's just it it's, it hurts a little bit you know because I I already sort of had to grieve my old life you know and and I've I've been adjusting for several years to not being able to do a lot of things and so yeah. uh, it it feels a little bit like I'm not the person you want to be talking to right now unless you <laughs> yeah like unless you want tips on like how to deal with it like but the complaining aspect feels a little triggering to me
0: yeah that totally makes sense like I could absolutely feel that and like I think it is hard like it's um I don't know like it's kind of like when you know when like I had like a pharmacist that was like a little rude like because I I had a fever and so like I went in and I was like they're like all the thermometers are out and so like I'm like okay well I know this is like a dumb question but I'm just gonna ask him anyway like do you have a thermometer but like he just like laughed at me and like at first like I was like ah and but like then I was just also like this poor guy like the again that's like how you kind of get as a person like when you're it's your reality and it's your reality for five years like there is a part of you that's like you have, like, acceptance for the situation. And so it's, it's like, once you get to that acceptance, it's, like, okay, like, we're over that. Like, now we just have to make the best of what we have. So, like, for sure. But I see what you said about, like, grief. Like, I definitely see, like, the, you know, stages of grief that are happening. And, like, a friend of mine actually, like, sent me a chart of, like, it was, like, an infographic of, like, coronavirus and, like, the grief stages um and it was interesting to me because it was like you could kind of tell where everyone at your life was like at like because some people like in my life I felt have been like a little in denial you know there's all kinds of like things there's like panic and then there's denial and it's just like then you kind of look at that chart um so it's interesting what you said about like the acceptance part and I do feel you know there is I lived in Wisconsin And this, again, like, not comparing to your situation at all, but it's just in winter in Wisconsin, they don't leave their houses. Like, it is cold. So, like, it's, like, isolating. And, like, I would have never realized that because, like, in Scranton, like, it's, like, everybody's just out every weekend anyway. So there are times where I was, like, in Wisconsin, and I worked, like, by myself in my job. So I would go, like, just stretches of time without, like, seeing anyone. And that is like hard though. Like it was a tough time, but then now, like for me, I'm like, okay, I feel like this kind of just prepared me in a way. Like I'm just oh, yeah,
1: for yeah. sure. I can't imagine the cold. I really don't like cold like that. No. So you know, it sounds like it would be quite difficult. Yeah, but um, so I guess do you have a uh, question for
0: me? Oh
1: yeah, actually, well, I was thinking, I was thinking about books and you know it's like a good time for people to be reading right now because they have time to be at home it's like so what is a book that has inspired you either on your mental health journey or just a book that inspired you in general that that you've read um yeah
0: so there are like there are like oh there's so many I get really, personally, I get so inspired by, like, biographies because I love to, like, read people's lives, like, from start to finish. Because I think it just, like, gives so much perspective on, like, the things we all go through. So what's coming to mind, oh, there's, like, a few. So I have, so I read, like, Van Gogh's biography, and that was super inspiring because he's a writer So, he has, like, all of his letters and correspondence between him and his brother. And, like, and he was, you know, broke. And he had mental health issues. And he had, like, literally nothing. Every time he tried to connect with anybody in life, like, it just never worked. It was just fascinating. So, that, like, I definitely um, think is interesting because there's such a parallel to, like, our lives. Especially as artists, wasn't like, it? what is it called? Oh, that's the thing. I think it's like the life of Van Gogh. So oh, okay. I'll old put old. links. I'll put links to like all of these because like I'm not good with titles, but oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then another one is Zelda, which is about Zelda Fitzgerald, or
1: yeah, Zelda Fitzgerald, who was Scott, um, F Scott Fitzgerald's wife. Oh, yeah, there's actually on Amazon, I think it's on Amazon Prime, but Christina Ricci plays Zelda, and it's, yes. have you seen it? Have you seen
0: yes. the, this, oh, this Because I'm obsessed with the story, so the book is, like, about their lives, and she was also a really cool writer. Um, but the last one is definitely Be Here Now by, like, Ron Doss. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've read that one. No, um, okay. That one's pretty, like, artistic and, like, meditative, and I felt like that uh, really, like, just made me feel like somebody else in the world got it. So, how
1: about you, though? What are some, you, like, you have some books? Oh, well, I like to read all the time. There's some, well, for on a mental health level, I actually really love the books of Martha Beck. Have you ever read anything by her? No. No. Um, She's an amazing woman. I always I recommend her to everyone. Uh, she actually really helped me figure out some huge life stuff. Again, my mother gave me the book, so my mother is sort of this force in my life that gives me these inspiring books that uh, they just changed my life completely. Um, yeah, she's she's a really amazing woman. My mom and Martha Beck. So, um, but she has this book called Finding Your Own North Star. And it's an amazing book about, there's so many things in it, but it's just kind of decoding all the stuff you've been taught in society or in your upbringing or whatever and just filtering out the noise and getting to a point where you can start to feel all of your own intuition and impulses and things that are built into you and into your soul. Yeah, I feel that. That's an amazing book. Um, So Well, she has a ton of books, but... Yeah, finding your own North Star is a wonderful book. Uh, If anyone's looking to navigate the change cycle, which of course people in quarantine are trying to do that, so that would be a great book, you know, or or just find their path. Yeah, I think I totally need to read that
0: Um, because I will tell you what happens is like you really start to see like jobs and you know your career and stuff you start to like when there's a global pandemic you start to pick up on like the subtle like ah, uh, like who has your best interest in mind right now you know and like I guess that's like a, I think that's like a global theme that's kind of happening so if that one was hard for you to catch I just said that I feel like when it comes to our jobs right now among the coronavirus, uh, I do think that it's very apparent in some circumstances who has careers that have, um, you know, employers that really value them and who kind of doesn't. I think a lot of people are kind of like trying to look into themselves and be like, okay, maybe like I had the answer all along like I don't I feel that way you know and like when you for me like with meditation like I've been able to um kind of discover that voice but it's hard there is like a lot of like social conditioning and uh things that like were just taught that I think it was somewhere like in my mid-20s that I just kind of started to like wake up and be like wait a minute like whose, like, opinion is this, because this isn't, like, how I feel, and this isn't right, and um, I think it's led me to, like, a lot of, like, places I didn't really want to be in, but
1: necessary, but, like, had to be in to learn these things. Well, definitely, yeah, I mean, some some lessons you do have to go through, you know, to get to that point where you can say, wait a minute, like, you know, and that that's kind of, that's the rough part, is that sometimes you do have to go through those lessons. Um,
0: that's yeah. sort of my,
1: that's
0: just, you know. That's what it, That's like kind of my only hope in this whole like global thing, is just like, you know, you kind of go, have to go through the rough part to like get the lesson.
1: But there there have been, um, oh, I have one more book, but it's, it's actually a book I'm reading right now. It's, um, it's Interior Design with Feng Shui. And it's not—it's not like something you would see on HGTV. Let's say it's—it's um, it's much deeper. It goes into like the very deep philosophical ideas uh, behind the elements in your space and the chi, uh, you know, flowing in everything, every object, every shape, uh, every everything in your environment, really. And so it's about making your environment healthy and having a good tea in order to, um, you know, have more of the things in your life that bring you joy and health and happiness. Um, and so how do you, like, feel you about know. that? Have you done, like, things
0: in your apartment that you feel, like, do help with that kind of, like, energy flow? I've read, um, I read a book, actually, recently on that, and it's funny because... I read things, but I never hear them, so, like, you just saying how you say it, I'm like, oh, that's how you say that. Like, I'm, like, I'm saying, like, a ridiculous pronunciation. I'm not even going to... Oh, did a, I pronounce it right? I, well, it's feng shui, I guess. No. Oh, okay. Well, I'm out of both of us here, the one that's pronouncing it right. Okay. I just commented that if one of us was going to know how to pronounce that, it was absolutely going to be her, and she left. But, like, I, yeah, like, so do you find that to be, like, have you
1: done some of this stuff in there? Like, do you want to give some examples, maybe? Well, interior design is, like, a little hobby I have on the side. Like, I've I've thought even about recently studying it because I'm just so fascinated by how our environments affect um, the events and, and things that unfold in our lives. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, Feng Shui really talks about that, is that if, if you have an object or something that's charged with a negative energy, if you can offset it with something elemental, you know, like a water or a wind element, um, something that has to do more with nature, and you make your you make your space like a lot less harsh, you know, and you, and you kind of get it back to the the basics of what we're created from, from nature, the elements of nature. So, um, I've, I've tried to do some things. I I rent, so you know, this book actually talks about designing a space from the ground up, like an actual house. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, like some of it's the door like you can't really have like a path leading to your door which i have like and i'm just like oh great i'm fucked but like no like but they do tell you like they give you
1: suggestions to like off put that too though so exactly so like you know if you're limited and you're renting like me and you can't change the positions of anything really or you might not not even be able to paint you know so um what One thing that people can do, which I thought was kind of interesting, um, is, you know, having red flowers at your entrance door uh, is very lucky and brings you a lot of prosperity and happiness. Okay. Um, And they can even be fake flowers. They don't have to be, um, you know, if you don't have a space to plant things or whatever, you can even have like silk flowers or something. But it's about the color red and it's placement at the front door. Uh, and also, having a painted red door also invites in uh, very positive energy, which I thought was interesting.
0: That's uh, interesting, and I read like that. Um, having like a horseshoe, like over. Did you hear me? A horseshoe. Like I'm having such a
1: hard time saying that word.
0: I'm saying horseshoe. I don't know why it's so hard to say that word.
1: But oh, like... like a metal horseshoe? Is that what you mean?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay over your doorway keeps like negative energy out
1: oh yeah um that's one thing because that's a metal element that's that's one of the elements uh that they describe but there's also something if you put sort of like a um a reflecting mirror above your door that can reflect negative energy back away from your residence which is (laughs) another interesting concept yeah Uh, and i'm still learning about it i just i find it so fascinating Um, there's so many things that we, you know, just maybe take for granted or aren't aware of sometimes in our environments. And, um, I, I, I find this very inspiring. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask
0: you, um, you know, like I always ask, how do you get by? So what, whatever that means to you. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. you like what keeps you hanging on I should
1: say um, Wow well, for me it's when I'm confronted with like magic and synchronicity so when things feel really intense or dark or unbearable there's usually something that comes into my life to say like hey, no, it's not like that. And it. I usually don't ever expect it. It comes in a way that I, I don't foresee. It's usually such a beautiful, nice, warm surprise in some way. Yeah. Uh, and that that kind of just gives me daily uh, hope in general. Um, so yeah. do, you have, do you have, like, an example like, off the top of your head? Oh, I have so many. Um. Okay, uh, so actually, yeah, I I received a gift recently uh, during quarantine anonymously. Um, Oh, yeah, um, I think I saw your status. So, yeah, what was that? Somebody, I have no idea who, um, left this really beautiful, organic, artisanal hand sanitizer from Alexander's Salon and Spa as a gift on my doorstep. And it was It was right after I had been posting a lot about my problems with them shutting off my water mistakenly, Uh, which was, that was a nightmare, and, you because try to do anything in a pandemic without water, try to wash your hands, try to clean anything, like, I mean, it was, it was kind of insane, and, um, I was actually, i
0: even just thinking about it.
1: Yeah, you can't cook, you can't, you know,
0: how long was that for?
1: I mean, it was just a day, but it really like I I it could have been longer. Yeah, I, if, if I hadn't a, a day. Like, and also you don't now you didn't know when it was coming back, so it's just like yeah, that was the stress of not knowing to, and then also being like, well, you know, how can I fix this? I was on the phone for six hours with the water company. Oh lord. <laughs> so. That, you know that that was my day anyway I was so frazzled um and it's not good for my condition because it's neurological it's a it's a nerve problem that resulted from oh,
0: yeah
1: so I have to I have to stay calm because if my nerves flare up in any way I get like really widespread pain all through my body and I am able to keep it at bay you know most days but if my nerves get overstimulated it, it's like really detrimental to me um so, you know, and then I could be in a flare where I'm not able to move after that or something, you know. So, I have to I have to avoid stress. Oh my lord, how do you avoid stress in this world? <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. Um yeah.
0: Well, well I think, okay, so you so you, I, like I my mind is blown. So, you have a condition where quite literally you have to keep your emotions in check. Or, yeah you're in pain yeah that's everybody's nightmare it is <laughs> um it's uh and if I say that though like I hope that that sounds more inspirational than not because I'm not saying it in a way where I'm like trying to make you feel bad and I'm literally just like I give you so much credit like I bow down to you
1: oh don't say that Monica But well, thank you yeah I guess it's really hard for me to, you know, explain what it's like. I think if I really hadn't been a person that was, like, into meditation or something maybe before this, it would have been much worse. Yeah. But I, I already had some things in my toolbox where I knew, like, okay, I know how to calm my emotions down. I have outlets for myself, you know. I, I know how to lessen the intensity of all the things that I'm feeling. I I, I let them out, you know. Um i I also have recently started doing um, something called biofeedback and cognitive behavioral therapy. so that's been huge for me. yeah um, that and it's really exciting too. My therapist he um he's a musician and so he uses a, a lot of music in the sessions too and I again, that was one of those synchronistic things that came to me. To find this other therapist that's also a musician that understands my condition that uses sound for healing and uh, like you know i that person came into my life without me like really seeking it just sort of came in randomly and yeah and changed everything you know
0: that's,
1: yeah yeah wow. so, and you need it so and i cut you off
0: before i'm so sorry i um, so okay. was did you find out who left you the hand sanitizer
1: Oh, no. No, it, that's what I mean. Like, it's kind of this little magic mystery. Like, you know, that uh, it's just wonderful. Like, that's such a sweet gesture. It's so nice, uh, you know. That's so nice. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's, it's those little things daily. Or I posted on Instagram, too. I was reading my, my Feng Shui book, and a little insect landed on my book from out of nowhere. <laughs> it's so cute. And I, I haven't seen an insect in, I don't know, I know. months. <laughs> and I, I took a picture, and I I, was, I put him outside, or, or he or she, I'm not sure, the insect's, you know, <laughs> identity there. But, yeah, they, I put them outside, and, it, it you know, it was just a nice little moment. I shared this moment with this tiny insect. It was like, hey, I'm here hanging out with you in your house, on your book. And then I love that. And then we were hanging out outside a little bit, you
0: know? I love that so much. You know, like, I found, like, I was walking the other day, and there was a dog that was out, and it didn't have tags on, and it was, like, so sweet, and, like, came right up to me. And so, like, I'm trying to find, like, the owners, and, like, I did wind up finding them through Facebook, but I, like, had just this nice, like, afternoon with this dog, and, like, I just really felt like, I felt like that was, like, something I needed like I was it was like mid quarantine and I was like you know like it was just nice for a few hours to have something to think about like other than like everything and it was just like oh I have this little dog and like I don't know where the owners are and like but then we I found the owners and I was
1: just like all right well I got to hang out with the dog for an afternoon that's kind of nice oh, so, that's like, amazing yeah, yeah. Animals, animals are so healing um so they too. really are They they feel us on another level yeah so did you have any other questions or oh wait I had another question that I wanted to ask you and now I forgot it well how do you get by Monica um
0: what helps me
1: get by uh, honestly
0: like I think just like I don't know I think it's just like acceptance of like a situation so like a good friend of mine Steve he's like on the podcast a lot but like He's kind of says, like, as it is. Um, and he's, like, I mean, there's, like, Zen people, and, like, he's, like, very, like, into Buddhism and stuff. But, like, the, just the saying, like, as it is, like, I think to be able to be in any situation and, like, to really just accept the situation for what it is is something I strive for. So then, like, all the challenges kind of become, like, just that, like, a challenge, like, to get through. And so... Um, I definitely don't have pain, like, in the way that you have it. I've had, like, stomach issues. Like, I have, like, digestion and, like, I have definitely dealt with some, like, severe stomach pain, like, in in times where it would be, like, just, like, you know, constant, like, bouts of pain and, like, really just in those moments have to, like, just accept that, like, that's, like, what it is at that moment. And that's when I kind of realized, too, like, if I, like, do the opposite of what i want to do which is like to tense up um if i do the opposite it's gonna help me so much and i think that you mentioned actually this in the beginning of the conversation like that you were like into sports and and stuff like that but for me i've always been into snowboarding and one of the things that you learn when you're first starting out is that if you're loose on the board. Like you're gonna go over bumps and you're not gonna fall because you're just like taking the bumps as they come and your body is like more like a spring almost. And more whereas if your body is like rigid and like you're like st- like scared stiff, you go over a bump and your whole body's just like off, like loses its like equilibrium. So yeah. I try to like look at that and I'm just like okay, like it's like snowboarding, like there's always gonna be bumps, like there's always gonna be like. But, like, it's, like, you just kind
1: of have to accept it for what it is. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I've never been snowboarding. I mean, I don't know if that would ever be a possibility for me uh, now. Yeah. But i that sounds amazing. But And I love that philosophy, too. Like, that's really what it is. It's just being, like, okay, this is what the situation is, and I just have to deal with it, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: But I've certainly loved this conversation. Oh, um, um, <laughs> i know we have to continue <laughs> yeah i love this so much and like i so
1: appreciate it it's- i i just want to you know say to everyone out there listening thank you for listening and you know it will get better it always does so yeah. it's just what you have to focus on
0: i know look at you i mean when you were getting uh Yeah, like, you didn't know what was going to happen when you were in Greece, having to come back to the U.S. to figure out, like, what was going on, and, like, then here we are, like you said, five years later, and you've written two plays, internationally performed, like, oh, you're now, like, you literally have just given people, like, inspiration to do things in their house, outside of, like, their realm, like, you're just, you have such an active imagination, and that's really cool. And that's really needed in times
1: like these. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you, Monica. Thank you. Well, I feel the same about you. You know, you inspire me um, with how you've overcome the things that you've been through and um, through your art. You know, like yeah. you're thank just an amazing woman. I am I feel really honored to be talking to you and sharing too. things. Yeah, well, anytime. Like, if you ever want to come to let me know.
0: Oh, for sure. Definitely. I'm going to stop recording, but... Uh So I don't have any other recommendations other than the books and stuff we discussed in the show. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I am wishing everybody a safe and healthy week. Um, Thank you for tuning in to How We Get By. Remember to like, subscribe, or share wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're on Apple iTunes and you leave a review, that can drive the show up the charts and get this message out there to more people who may need to hear it. So I would always appreciate that. Uh, if you're looking to make a one-time donation to the show uh, for audio equipment and um the general time and maintenance that it does take to bring these episodes out, I uh, always appreciate that. You can email me at podcast at gmail.com. I also recognize that this is a hard time for everybody, so I'm really not expecting that, but I do feel like it's something I people tell me I'm supposed to say, so... Anyway, um, I the music in the beginning and the end of this episode is by Joe Burke. Joe, if you go over to his music page, released a new song this week, and I have been listening to it like crazy. It's so good. It's catchy, and I think it's exactly what we all need during this tough time, is to listen to fellow musicians. Of course, check out rachel's music i will also post a link to that in the show notes uh, lots of things to look at and um i really appreciate you for tuning in this is how we get by have a great week <laughs>